0: Let's dive in, shall we? Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Season 3 of the Animal Files Podcast. We are so happy to be back. We're going to start this season off with a bang. We got a series for you, and we're calling it Much Ado About Pitbulls and Bully Breeds. Now, don't get your panties in a bunch. We are on the side of the pitbull. But you need to understand everything that surrounds this crazy narrative that people have about pit bulls. What is a pit bull? Why is the narrative there? We're going to tell you all of the things that you need to know so you can make up your own decision or change your opinion about these beautiful animals. So I'm going to let Miranda take it away.
1: Well, you know, I get why people have the different views that they have. You know, there's so much information out there and depending on what you've heard, what you've read, what you've seen, it can have an influence on what your perception is. If you've watched or read the news at any point, you've probably heard about some dog attack that has been attributed to a quote unquote pit bull. And you'll see soon why I'm putting it under quotes instead of just saying fully pitbull. So when you watched or read the news at any point, how did it make you feel? Did you feel angry? Did you feel fearful? Did you feel empathetic? Maybe you felt empathetic to the person who was attacked. Maybe you felt empathetic to the dog that was being targeted. That would be me. (laughs) I don't know about you, Victoria, but from my perception, most media stories are presented out of context, with most of them providing information that will make their stories the most sensational and attract people to read or watch them.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm like, yeah, I that's my perception as well. I think it's ridiculous. Some of the things that comes out of our computer screens and our TV screens, just it, Blows my mind, actually, a lot of the time.
1: Well, especially if you're watching videos on YouTube or something like that, you're getting like this five minute snippet of whatever the whole story was.
0: Yeah. What's the context?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, the thing is, the media isn't necessarily presenting lies, but they are also not providing you with all the information for you to be able to develop an informed opinion.
0: No, I think that's by design. I don't think they want you to form your own opinion. They want you to think what they think.
1: <laughs> all right, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little
0: salty. A little salty. <laughs> Can you tell I don't watch the news month? <laughs> Um, Yeah, no, I, they're not going to tell you all the truth. Because number one, it's not the advertisers aren't going to want to be there. Because what sells is controversy. The more controversy you build up, the more money you're going to make. And the more advertisers will come to you. And all news is supported by advertising.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's my perception, but it seems like the groups or the organizations that have the loudest voice or get the most financial support are going to be the ones that get heard. Yeah,
0: I would agree with that.
1: So what we're getting at is that you really need to be careful about taking what you hear in media as a 100% the truth be forming any opinions, regardless of whether it's about pit bulls or whatever other topic might be out there. So here's some of the information you probably are not receiving through these videos and news articles and media and all that. So the first piece of information is you might not be discovering or learning what the percentage of dog attacks are compared to the percentage of the population and compared to other events that can kill or injure a person.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're not going to tell you all that information because they want to go with like, oh, dog attacks are up 10% than from last month. Well, so is everything else. Actually, everything else is up 30%. So what's the big deal? Why are you not giving me the other information? (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) You know, and it might only be 20 dog attacks out of a population of a million people, which is generally what the facts are.
0: Yeah, always be careful with percentage points. If somebody tells you that something is up a percentage point, you need to go a little bit deeper and find out what they mean by that and where they're getting that figure because most of the time it's nowhere near the issue. I mean, obviously if you had one attack last year and now you had two attacks doubled, <laughs> but it's only
1: two people. <laughs> <Right. you know? laughs>
0: Always go deeper.
1: <laughs> Another thing you're probably not aware of is How many dog attacks occur by much smaller dogs that never get reported? Probably hundreds. Mm -hmm. Yes, smaller dogs may not be able to do as much damage, but small dogs often have a tendency to be pretty aggressive. Yeah.
0: And you also got to figure out why a person, say a person dies of a dog attack. How many people were killed by a dog? What did they die of? Because guaranteed, they did not die from the bite. They may have died because maybe the dog jumped on them and they fell and they hit their head or they got septic. Unless they're going for your throat and your jugular when they do the attack, the chances are you died of something other than the attack. Mm. Yeah, they're not telling you all the information. So, mm. I mean, if a small child gets attacked by, say, a 20-pound dog, that 20-pound dog, Because a chihuahua mix or something like that is not going to get the news story, even though the child died from a bite from a chihuahua mix dog.
1: Mm. And that kind of leads to this next piece of information that you're not likely to be receiving. And I think it's a really, really key point is what activities occurred prior to the attack. (laughs) Yeah, you know, we're always quick to blame of, oh, the dog attacked for no reason. Really? The dog never attacks for no reason. Never. There's always
0: a reason. Whether it's trauma from their owner or whether, especially with a child, the child did something the dog was not comfortable with and the child did not understand the cues that the dog was giving prior. They were trying to ride them like a horse or pull on their tail or pull on their ears or something like that.
1: And I think that's the the main thing is it's not that the dog attacked for no reason or without warning or anything like that, because they do give us warning. It's not their fault that we can't read their warnings. Exactly. The bite is the last resort. That's what they do when they're like, okay, you're ignoring me or you're not paying attention to what I'm telling you. So maybe I'll bite you and attack you and then you'll pay attention. That's kind of basically how it works. Yeah. Okay. Maybe there might be the odd dog here and there that might have some kind of a mental issue that it could involve them attacking, but that would be very few and far between.
0: Yeah. Or- Like I mentioned earlier, if the dog is actually abused by its owner. So the dog already has this natural heightened sense of protection because he's constantly getting beat or treated poorly by his person who is supposed to take care of them. And so they just don't know how to behave because they're always in this state of survival.
1: Even still, though, I think they still give warning. They're, oh yeah. They, it going to have quick, oh yeah. yeah, it might it be a quick stance. Oh yeah, yeah, it might be a quick
0: succession. Like right. they may just go off quicker than, like, say, a uh, beloved golden retriever that has a loving home. Like they're gonna have be slower to get to that point. But you know, if you think of humans, if we are abused, whether as a child or if we're in a domestic situation our emotions are heightened. And so our reaction times are quicker because of everything.
1: You know, all of this information is why it's really important to never approach a dog that you're unfamiliar with, particularly if they are on their own property and to not let children engage with them without supervision, particularly when they are young. If they're 10 or older. Hopefully you've taught them how to interact appropriately with animals, but even then they can be susceptible because if they haven't learned appropriate behaviors with animals, they could still end up doing something that could trigger a dog attack. Yeah.
0: We also have to remember that sometimes parents don't know. True. So hopefully they can find us (laughs) and (laughs) they can learn how to approach animals and how to understand the communication obviously you can't fault a parent for not teaching their child something that they don't know. Mm -hmm. But hopefully those of you who are listening to this podcast, if you have friends or family that are like that, maybe you can help them understand that an animal is going to communicate something that nothing happens out of nowhere. It doesn't come without a warning. There's always warnings and you can help them learn that. Mm -hmm. And so we can, you know, expand the thinking around this.
1: Mm -hmm. Another piece of information that I can basically guarantee you're not getting, and this was interesting to learn about, is that when there is a dog attack, the actual type of dog involved is not determined to be whether they're a pit bull or not. Their judgment is based on appearance alone in most cases. Very, very rarely is DNA testing actually done. And we cannot make the assumption that because a dog supposedly looks like a pit bull or a bully breed, that that automatically means that they've got all the DNA of a pit bull or a bully breed. Yeah, There's actually been information that, you know, a dog will look like a dachshund. There have been tests that show that only 10%, if it's not a purebred, that only 10% of that dog may actually be a dachshund and the rest of the DNA is made up from other breeds. Interesting. So without a DNA test, just because a dog looks a certain way does not mean that that's what they are. And the general population seems to believe that all large boxy headed dogs are pit bulls, which is
0: not true. I mean, we've mentioned it many times that pit bulls aren't really a breed in itself. Right. We'll get into that. Yeah. You can't just label something like that just because they have a boxy head. Mm -hmm. They might just be a thick boxer, have not a stitch of any of the particular quote unquote bully breeds in them, Mm -hmm. but because they have a thicker jaw or they have a square head that they're automatically considered a pit bull. I don't know about you, Miranda, but I've seen Labradors. That have boxy heads, mm-hmm. pure Labradors that have boxy heads. And you automatically think that they're mixed with something else, but no, they end up being 100% Labrador. Mm-hmm. Like DNA is such that any features or any like attributes can come out of that feature. Yeah. So we can't judge just based on looks.
1: No. And I mean, maybe it might feel logical to you to judge a dog or an animal based on their appearance? I mean, most of you, I'm sure probably know what a pug looks like, right? Mm -hmm. Would you call all flat-faced dog breeds pugs just because of their flattened faces? (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) There'd
0: be a lot of angry
1: bulldogs out there and a lot of
0: angry boxers. (laughs) Don't you call me a pug. Sorry.
1: Another thing to consider, which is most likely not brought up in the information you're receiving, is what is the treatment and the training of the dog that was involved in the attack? How responsible are the dog owners?
0: Yeah, that goes back to the whole abuse thing. Now, you don't have to physically abuse the dog to you left your dog and to create behaviors that would end up being like a hair trigger or whatever you can just not pay attention to your dog and they have no training whatsoever they have no idea how to they're not even socialized Mm -hmm. how do you expect a dog to behave exactly the way you expect a dog to behave if you don't train them
1: it kind of comes to the humanization to some aspect because it's like we get this idea in our head that People should behave a certain way. Dogs should behave a certain way. Cats should behave a certain way. And that it just should be automatic and that, you know, we shouldn't have to do anything in order for them to have that behavior. And that's just not the way it works.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. And You know, what I've also heard, which is so blows my mind. I've actually heard people say, well, they should know better.
1: Oh, yeah. Excuse me.
0: <laughs> Did you train them to know better? Well, no, they should just know better. Uh, get out of your butt and start training your dog because they're not going to think the way you think they think they're supposed to think. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> they're not going to think the way you think they think. Right. They just aren't. They're a completely different species. They're completely different. You can't, they don't, they're not going to know better unless you Teach them to know better. And in that case, you have to continually teach them for the rest of their lives because it's not normal for them. Mm-hmm. It's not their normal brain
1: activity. You know, animals don't really analyze, they don't think of a previous situation. Well, I mean, they kind of do, but not in the, the way humans do. Like, oh, well, you know, I should behave this way because this person might be offended if I say this or do this or something like that, which is something that humans learn based on experience. But animals don't learn that way. They learn, they do learn from experience to a certain extent, but it's more like, okay, well, when I behaved this way, it gave me attention. That doesn't necessarily mean it was good attention or bad attention. It just simply gave them attention. So they're like, if they weren't getting a lot of positive attention, they're going to repeat that behavior because it just gave them attention in general. They don't understand that, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't do this because I'm going to get this consequence.
0: Yeah, they're going to no.
1: go back to what is familiar to them.
0: Yeah, Animals are pretty much black and white.
1: Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, Victoria, another question to ask was, Was there any prior trauma to the dog before being adopted or acquired? And was that addressed in any way? Now, here's an interesting question. Kind of goes back to the media that we were referring to. Is anyone funding the organizations that are stating that pit bulls are more dangerous and problematic than any other type of dog? That's a good one.
0: There's a lot out there that do that. They find a hate and they build something around that hate.
1: Yeah. I can't say for a fact that there are organizations that are doing that, but I think the possibility exists.
0: Well, there's organizations that do that for humans. Mm -hmm. Why would there not be organizations that do that for animals?
1: Yeah. Find out. Go deep. (laughs) (laughs) These are just things to consider before making your opinion. Because, you know, you really have to think about what is your opinion based on? Is it based on hearsay or is it based on fact?
0: Good question to ask.
1: So there have been documentation that has sometimes referred to pit bulls as the devil's lapdog.
0: That's rude. <laughs> that is so rude. Well, obviously somebody who hated pit bulls coined mm-hmm. that phrase bad people. (laughs) So
1: rude. I don't think it's a fair label. I think it is created by people who don't really understand the nature of pit bulls and the nature of bully breeds. It's based in misunderstanding. Yeah. Maybe hate, but I think misunderstanding is kind of the, the root of it. I think it's
0: just straight up racism. (laughs) The pit bulls. (laughs) You know, I mean, obviously it's not, yeah, but you get my point,
1: Mm. you
0: get my point because no other animal really gets that. Mm. I mean, the energy around it, the emotions around it, it feels like it's just a different form of, you know, a racism of sorts. And we all see that every day in our lives. Mm. But I mean, our animals should not have to deal with that too.
1: Right. But, you know, there have actually been other breeds, not just pit bulls, who have been targeted in the past. Pit bulls are just the current focus. Oh, okay. And we'll well, we'll get into that in a bit, too. It's <laughs> still, I still think it's like a racist thing. <laughs>
0: Leave the animals alone! <laughs> Let them live their lives! Take care of them! Be kind to them! <laughs> See, I told you we're on the side of the dog, so... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now, many people, perhaps even you, have come to believe that all pit bulls are aggressive and dangerous. But are they really? Are they really the huge problem that many societies seem to think they are? No. Or is the problem really the humans who are misunderstanding them and choosing to view them in a similar way as the witches of the 1400s to 1700s? Ooh. Yes. Yes. The thing is, with the time of the witches, or the idea of the witches, is the general population very strongly believed a small group of people who were targeting these, it was largely women, but I think there were men, some men involved as well, because they behaved in a different way than the main population. You know, they were into the herbs. They, they were into the nature. They didn't align with a lot of the religious views. And unfortunately, difference tends to be targeted. People don't like difference. Yeah. They become afraid of it and distrust it and feel like it's dangerous just simply because they don't understand that difference.
0: Yeah, I would have to say, and this is going to go into our next point. I think the view about Pitbulls is 100% because we humans are awful, or some of us humans are awful, because Pitbulls never had, never, ever, ever had this type of a persona until we humans destroyed the breed. Am I talking about everybody? No, 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 no. It's only a small percentage of people. But still, we are the ones that decided that we're going to use these dogs for something else. And we decided to do things to make them look even scarier because of it. And honestly, I think that that's why these animals. I mean, I don't think it's entirely because they're different. Because if you actually see a healthy completely like centered and balanced people. They are the nicest, sweetest, happiest animals you will ever meet in your life. Mm -hmm. They literally have the personality of like golden retrievers and Labradors. Mm. Like they really are super sweet, super Mm. happy to be loved, love their family. Yes, they can be a little bit more productive, but they are just really happy, healthy, wonderful dogs. It is those few humans that decided, ooh, let's destroy this breed and let's make money off of them. Mm. And that started a long time ago. Oh, yeah. So let's, let's talk about that history of them because, yeah. yeah, we did it to them. We created this narrative. The dogs didn't do it.
1: Yeah. I've also personally met breeds that are under the pit bully label or the bully breed label who I found to be very sweet and loving. Yeah.
0: They're great dogs absolutely great dogs if they're taken care of properly and if they are loved that's all they want is love even the most abused pit bull out there still wants love Mm -hmm. like it it doesn't matter so let's let's talk about the history yeah deep dark history
1: well unfortunately they have been connected with dog fighting and violent history but you know what it's not in their DNA to do that. They are still being trained by human beings to be fighters. It's not something that they want to do, that they choose to do, but they've got the, they're, they're less maybe fearful than other dog breeds, and they've got the strength and the build and stuff like that for that type of activity, but it doesn't mean they want to do it. And there are people who are still perpetuating that, even though it's illegal. Well, there might be places in the world where it's still considered legal, I'm not sure. But in North America, I believe it's completely illegal. And I think in the UK, it's completely illegal. But people are still doing it in a hidden way.
0: Yeah, there's always going to be some dark den where people gather to do stuff like that. I think that's just part of our human nature Mm -hmm. um, because throughout all of history, there's been these dark recesses of humanity that stuff like that happened.
1: But you know what? I bet you that if these dogs were taken out of that environment and put in an environment where they were treated with love and respect and understanding and that... They would not be aggressive, I don't think. I mean, they've had the experience of aggression because they are drawing blood. They are, you know, trying to fight to the death in those environments.
0: Yeah, I think they do have, um, because of their such a protective breed, I think they have a tendency to be a little bit more in your face. Um, when it comes to protection and standing their guard and all of that. And I, I, I don't know how, where this comes from, but I, maybe it's because most of them are terriers. Um, actually, all of them are terriers, but like different types of terriers mm-hmm. um, that they will go for smaller animals. Mm-hmm. But I think that has nothing to do with the dog. It has to do with the genetics of the breeds that they're created with. Terriers have been bred all along from the very beginning to chase smaller animals and to catch smaller animals right so that's not that individual dog that's just what the parts of them DNA wise were created to do okay. years and years and years and years and years ago
1: yeah and that's where the understanding needs to come in we need to understand what is inherently natural for them but that doesn't mean that they're, necessarily going to be aggressive if they're given the appropriate environment to thrive in and with the respect, I mean we also need to understand and respect that because they might have more of a protective nature and you know coming from that traumatic kind of environment, that you know we need to avoid, them in a situation where they feel like they can't escape or feel yeah. like they're being feeling threatened in some way. So this is where the understanding and respect comes in. And other dogs that are you know under the pit bull and bully breed label who have never been involved in dog fighting. They just have sort of that history behind them. Is everyone a product of their past with no hope of a different future? Like, what about human beings who were abused by their parents? Does that automatically mean, oh, well, that child is going to be abusive now? Some do become abusive, but there's a lot that overcome that and they live a very good life, sometimes with also trying to help others. Mm -hmm. So you can't say that just because they have this certain history, that they're all going to be this kind of personality. Yeah,
0: well, going back to uh, past. So where does the term pit bull come from? Because we did mention that pit bulls aren't even a breed.
1: Right. So the term pit bull was just a term that was chosen, but it's actually a blanket term. It's not a term for a breed. It actually refers to five main different breeds. And only one of them was actually a breed that was used for fighting. Mm, Good to know. Bully breeds is another blanket term that tends to get used, and it actually encompasses about 12 different breeds of dogs.
0: Well, that's a lot of dogs. Yeah. (laughs) You just can't judge an animal when they have a history like this. Five main breeds and maybe even up to 12 different breeds. How can you categorize a pit bull as being that breed? Mm -hmm. Like you can't. It drives me nuts. What it is, what it is. And we're just giving the information. So when we come back, we are going to go a little bit further into those particular breeds that we have mentioned. And you know, you might be surprised, you might not, but at least it'll give you more of an idea of what makes this particular dog this particular dog. So stick around and we'll be right back. Hi everyone. We hope you've been enjoying our very first episode of season three. It's been a great couple of years so far. Miranda and I just want to take a moment and thank you all for joining us on this journey and listening each and every week. We've got lots planned for you this season. Great interviews, great topics, and we're even building you a home on YouTube. If you want to help us out be the first in line, just head to YouTube, look for the Animal Files podcast and hit that subscribe button, or you can just head to the website, www.theanimalfilespodcast.com. Now that that's out of the way, let's get back to the conversation. And we are back. You are listening to the Animal Files podcast, our very first episode of season three, Before the break, we started to talk about how pit bulls are basically comprised of five different dog breeds, but now can involve up to 12 different breeds and why it's kind of not in their best interest for you to judge them just by looks. Mm. So we're going to break that down a little bit more. And again, we're going to remind you that a pit bull is not a breed of dog. It is a type of dog, which is a big difference. So take it away, Miranda.
1: Mm. We mentioned that there were five dogs that fall under the pit bull label. There's the American pit bull terrier, the American Staffordshire terrier, the American bully, the Staffordshire bull terrier, the American bulldog. But it can also include any crossbred dog that shares physical characteristics of these other breeds that will also fall under the pit bull label. So let's explore these different breeds and some of the misperceptions that can occur because of the appearance and the misperceptions that can occur based on history. The main breeds that are associated with the pit bull or the bully label, as we mentioned, one of them is the American bully. And this breed has been specifically developed for their gentle and affectionate temperament by responsible breeders.
0: Repeat, responsible breeders.
1: So we're emphasizing that because that can play a role into whether an animal may be more prone to being aggressive or not. If they were bred by irresponsible breeders and not taken care of properly, they might be more fearful, more aggressive, more likely to feel threatened. The American Pit Bull Terrier is unfortunately the breed that is the most commonly used for dog fighting in the past as well as currently. They were not bred for this purpose, however. They are trained and they are often neglected and abused for this purpose.
0: Just like I said, humans are destroying the breed. Mm-hmm.
1: But they also perform a variety of jobs, including as a police dog. Mm -hmm. So my question is, if they were really so uncontrollable and dangerous, would they be used to work alongside police? Probably not. Obviously, the police are able to train them, because otherwise they would not be an effective partner for the police. The next breed, the American Staffordshire Bull Terrier, It's an early cousin of the American Pit Bull Terrier. They are larger and heavier than the American Pit Bull Terrier. Many AMP staffs, which is a short form that people like to use, have been found to successfully work in farming and military roles, as well as on movie sets. They do have the tendency to be confident and courageous, but they can also be a goofball a lot of the time. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of these healthy
1: balanced
0: pitbulls, they that's what they are. They're just goofballs. They really are because they're just they just love life and they just love to play. Every people that I ever met, they just seem to have this I don't know, this childlike wonder. Like it just never goes away no matter how old they get. They just love everything. Mm-hmm. They're goofy in a good way. They're goofy.
1: <laughs> and these descriptions are by the breeders associations, you know, so they don't create these, list these characteristics lightly. They expect the dogs that are registered with their organization to basically have these kinds of characteristics. So you can be reasonably confident that that's going to be the characteristics of most of these dogs that you encounter, you know, if they are being bred by responsible breeders.
0: And treated responsibly as well.
1: Yes. Again, that respect, that understanding, compassion, those are all key things. The Staffordshire Bull Terrier is often referred to as a Staffie. They typically love to snuggle or be near their owners. And they are patient and gentle with children. Some people have called them the nanny breed. They don't like to be left alone, however, and they do tend to need a lot of attention and exercise. So, if they are left alone for too long or they're not getting enough attention or exercise, chances are you're going to start having behavior issues.
0: As you would with any animal right. that is not being treated the way they want to be treated. Mm-hmm.
1: They have a tendency to prefer being around people rather than other animals. The American bulldog is. The fifth one of this group that we have been talking about. They were genetically bred to work on farms as guardians, catch dogs, and herders. Generally, they are very protective of their homes and their humans, which is why, again, don't approach dogs that you don't know on their territory. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to behave differently more in a neutral environment than when they are in their own territory.
0: That's pretty much the same with most dogs.
1: Yeah. But on their own territory, though, other dogs may not have as much of a protective instinct as some of these dogs might. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. However, they do tend to love laps and kids. They don't tend to warm up to strangers very easily or other pets. So socializing early is extremely important. Enrichment is also another thing that is very important for a lot of these dogs because, again, behavior issues can arise if they are not getting that.
0: Well, they're active breeds. Yeah. I mean, most of these dogs have a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. And if you're not letting the dog expel that with walks and playtime and enrichment, you're going to have a stressed dog. That's just the facts. doesn't matter what breed it is.
1: Mm -hmm. So these are some of the other dogs that have fallen under the pit bull label. But the reason they are is because they're getting confused with and accused of being a pit bull or a bully dog. Mm Mm-hmm. The first one is the English Bulldog. It's got a big head, a wrinkly face, and a squashed snout. So it doesn't really have the typical head of, you know, what's usually called a pit bull. But it's very often accused of being a pit bull or a bully breed.
0: I think maybe that has to do with if it gets mixed with another breed. Like you may not have all of the English Bulldog traits, but... It could still be an English bulldog because maybe it has a little bit of another animal in them. Mm-hmm. So it changes their look a little bit. Could be. I don't know. Maybe that's one of the reasons.
1: Yeah. yeah, it might be. They originated in the 1800s, but this breed has changed greatly throughout the years as a result of breeding.
0: Oh yeah. They look totally different back then. Mm-hmm.
1: They get along with other pets, but they can be possessive with toys, food, and other things. So, you know, that's another reason that attacks could happen is if they become overly possessive and are not trained appropriately, because you can train them to be able to not be overly possessive, but that's something you have to be aware of. Another dog is the English Bull Terrier or Bull Terrier. They are sometimes accused of being a pit bull or a bully breed, probably mostly because of its stocky, muscular body, but their head is long. And generally, kind of egg shaped. Some authorities will say that this breed can sometimes be autistic like. They tend to like most people, but not other animals that much. They have a tendency to be both goofy, but also very independent minded. Stand their ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you want them to move and you try to like push them, it's like I remember seeing that. It's like, yeah, you're not moving them if they don't want to (laughs) move. You're not moving
0: me. I will move what I want to master. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the boxer is another one that has a tendency to be called a pit bull, which I don't think they look like a pit bull at all.
0: Yeah, neither do I. But I think it's because some people still clip their ears and their tail and stuff like that to give them that scarier look. Maybe. Again, we're going by judging looks mm-hmm. as opposed to the actual dog. Yeah. Note to you guys don't clip your ears and tails. I mean, seriously, just don't because you're just perpetuating this idea that these dogs are mean and nasty. It's mm. all you're doing. You're not doing anything to benefit the dog. So just
1: stop. The boxer tends to be very friendly, playful, and energetic. And they often work as herders, police dogs, and watchdogs. They are prone to separation anxiety. They need a lot of attention so they're not dogs that you can lock up into a kennel or a crate or something like that for eight hours a day and then expect them to just behave in the way that you want them to behave when you come back they do need somebody who is going to interact with them fairly regularly the next dog is the dogo i don't know if it's doggo or dogo <laughs> argentino it's an argentinian mastiff they have worked as hunting companions Guardians and other companion roles. They do require regular positive socialization with strangers and animals. You know, these are all dogs that are being confused with pit bulls, but they're again just a reminder: a pit bull is a type of dog; it's not a breed of dog. The old English bulldog, probably said differently because it's uh, <laughs> not quite sure how it's that's spelled to differently. Be it's spelled differently. Yeah, it's spelled differently. <laughs> <laughs> It's O-L-D-E, English, and bulldog is spelled B-U-L-L-D-O-G-G-E. So, you know, if any of you know, if there's a different pronunciation for that, you know, feel free to let us know. (laughs) But at any rate, it's an earlier version of the English bulldog. The face and the build are different. Another dog that is confused with the pit bull and bully breeds is the Patterdale Terrier or Black Fell Terrier. I don't think it looks at all like any of the breeds that are typically thought of as bully breeds. It often has a short, shaggy coat, although it can have a smooth coat, but they're not overly stocky and the head does not really appear blocky. They are bred to protect sheep and they need to have some type of job to do to avoid finding their own entertainment.
0: It's probably why they're lumped into this because if they're bred to protect sheep, you don't know what's going to come for those sheep so the dog needs to be pretty pretty independent and pretty confident.
1: Mm-hmm. The next dog is the Cane Corso, which is an Italian mastiff. They usually they are normally gentle giants, but they do need to be well socialized. Socialization is kind of a key thing with a lot of these different dogs. Yeah, as well as providing them with plenty of exercise and enrichment and not leaving them alone. That kind of tends to be a theme that runs with a lot of these types of dogs. The Pero Depressa Canario is a Spanish Mastiff. It's also a working dog that requires early socialization. But you can also have any mix of terriers, bulldogs, or a combination of the above. That can be confused to be put bulls or bully breeds.
0: Yeah. And again, I'm going to remind you guys that a lot of these breeds, the people who get them, do things like clip their ears and clip their tails, which changes their appearance. And most of these are bred for protection or to help or with hunting. So they could be bigger. They could be bred to be more muscular. But it's us that make them look scary. And when something looks scary, people will judge harshly. Mm. So if you want to, if you love any of these animals and you want to make sure that they're treated with kindness, don't do the things that you see other people do. Don't clip the ears. A cane Corso looks a heck of a lot different when it doesn't have clipped ears. A Presa Canario looks much different. You know, boxers look much different. Even the the staffs and stuff like that, they look so much different. They don't look scary if they're not clipped. So if you insist on getting this look of fear, you know, for people to stay away, you are perpetuating this problem that these dogs have to deal with all the time and they don't deserve it. Mm. All right, I'm getting off my soapbox. Because I'm so anti-clipping ears and tails. I mean, tails, sometimes I can get it. If the tail is like constantly knocking things over and they can get injured tails and infections, I get that part. But if you're doing it specifically to give them that look, that scary look, you're part of the problem. Just my opinion. All right, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) I had to get on one big one this week.
1: (laughs) But, you know, all of these existing breeds that we just talked about, none of them are the original breed that was bred for fighting purposes. The original breed that was bred for fighting purposes was a cross between the Old English Bulldog and the Old English Terrier. That breed does not exist anymore.
0: Oh, that's good to know.
1: The dogs that we've talked about are typically playful and affectionate. They also tend to be loyal and gentle when raised and cared for properly. So maybe by now you've been able to realize how misperceptions can wreak havoc both in the animal world as well as the human world. It still happens in both worlds, but hopefully we are all becoming more aware that if we choose to believe what we read and hear from a very limited source, we are ultimately taking actions and making decisions on very limited information. Yep. So how will you proceed going forward? Mm,
0: make them think. Make them think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: you heard some of the background. How are you going to think going forward? How are you going to approach this topic going forward? Where is your narrative going to lie?
1: We all have a choice. Sometimes choices are made blindly because of a lack of awareness Sometimes choices are made despite becoming more informed, and that's more if you've got some kind of agenda, and sometimes choices are made because of the benefit of more information.
0: Yeah. Now, I do want to mention that there may be people out there that have these judgments because of experience. I get that. We get that. You may have had something happen to you when you were a kid that just changed your whole perception but understand that that choice you made or that thought you had is based on trauma and not the truth mm-hmm. it was based on the actions of one dog that you may or may not have known the history of so we get that there is a solid legit fear that some people have towards dogs mm-hmm. i personally used to have it myself when i was a kid because i got attacked by a german shepherd several times same dog It just got to the point where he just did not like kids. And I, well, I can't say several times, three times in my childhood. But I don't remember. Maybe I did something that he didn't like. I have no idea. I don't remember. But I know that my initial thought about dogs was based on that trauma. You can work through trauma and you can come out the other side and you can see the truth of these amazing animals. So I hope this first episode of our season three, and thanks for joining us, Mm -hmm. (laughs) has given you a lot of information. Our next podcast is going to be more about the judgment aspect, because I think that is one of these things that really, really is important. Don't you agree?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. The
0: judgment is like the biggest thing that kind of goes into all of this. And then we're going to go into understanding them. We're going to give you all of the details and all of the information like we normally do so you can make your own choices, opinions. You can formulate whatever you want, but at least you have the truth. And if there's anything that you need work on, just feel free to reach out to us. We are always available by email. We have a website. So you can email us with any of your questions at the animal files Podcast at gmail.com. You can check out our website, theanimalfilespodcast.com, and we'll help you through it. Any last minute things, Miranda? Yeah, no, I
1: think that you've wrapped it up.
0: All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this first episode of season three. Again, you can follow us on all the socials. We are everywhere. We are at The Animal Files Official on Instagram and Facebook and Patreon. If you want to support us, that's a nice (laughs) place to go. And then we have Twitter, which is just at The Animal Files. And uh, you can ask us questions
1: there too. (laughs) So subscribe so that you can get notice of when our next episode in the series is coming up so that you can get all the information that is connected with this whole subject. Yeah,
0: because this is a tough one and we're kicking off our season three pretty powerfully, I would suggest, and maybe a little controversially, but hey, that's our way. That's what we do. So. So come back and join us next time when we talk a little bit more about these wonderful, amazing dogs. Have a great week, everybody. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to rate, review, and recommend the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want some more great info, be sure to check out www.theanimalfilespodcast.com.